1: Hello and welcome to Your book, the podcast for literary nosy parkers. I'm your book inspector, Daisy Buchanan, and I've got a very exciting guest coming up. It's author, comic, live at the Apollo host and self-described legend, Lou Sanders. First order of business, I'm going to be at the Henley Literary Festival on the 7th of October with Jaspreet Cower and Isabel Dortier and Rob Rinder. Go to henleyliteraryfestival.co.uk for tickets. My creative writing workshop on the 6th is now sold out, but there may be returns. If you'd like to hear about future workshops or sign up for my next writing course, write like a reader, you'll be wanting my substack, creativeconfidenceclinic.substack.com. If you'd like access to some bonus content, upcoming talks and masterclasses, you can sign up for the whole enchilada, which is currently half price, £35 British for the year. But the beauty of Substack is that you can, of course, get in on it globally. Then, the Margate Bookie is coming on the 21st and 22nd of October. If you liked today's episode with Lou, you can come and see her with me and Andy Osho. This is the biggest bookie ever. We've also got Yomi Adagoki, Grace Dent, Lucy Vine, Adam Kaye, Jacqueline Crooks, Tessa Hadley, Deborah Levy. And that really is just the tip of the literary iceberg. Go to MargateBookie.com for tickets and info. Now, Lou. I'm a massive fan. I love her podcast, Cuddle Club. I love her on Taskmaster. I love her on Unforgivable with podcast alumnus Mel Giedroyc. And I love her book, What Is That Lady Doing? False Starts and Happy Endings. It's a riot. It's raw, hysterically funny and devastatingly sad, but ultimately hopeful. Lou writes like an angel, albeit an angel who's lit her cigarette the wrong way around. There's hope, there's healing, and there's a band called Jeff Leopard. Lou came to mind for a vegan jam tart, and we talked about Deborah Levy, Louise Hay, Marion Keys, and Morning Pages. So, Lou, I'm going to start Ooh. with Louise Hay because I'm a massive fan of Cuddle Club. You're brilliant. Oh, first. thank you. And I know that Louise Hay comes she, up she a lot. She yeah. She's come back for the dead for us, yeah. <laughs> um so when did you first encounter this book I mean the, this book my oh copy, yeah you can hear your life room. oh um, actually
2: I don't know if I've read that
1: one <laughs> big fan big fan <laughs> is this not where she tells you like you know, oh, what, what's going on in your body it and is what it's the... just got a different cover to uh, run. <laughs> 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 I see I
2: see That's yes funny. is that got but yours looks bigger mine's like a flick through like a
1: A to Z kind of thing. Maybe mine's just got it in the back. I think mine's a secondhand copy and it's a bit grubby. But yeah, it's got this index. Oh, coma. (laughs) I opened it on coma. Go on. It's a sign.
2: (laughs) If you have a coma. Can I guess? Can I guess? Yeah. Um, You're not really involved in life and you're trying to sort of opt out a bit. Oh, very, very close. Mm. It's very
1: close. Um, Fear escaping something or someone. Yes. Okay. Who among us hasn't been avoiding a deadline? Who amongst us hasn't been in a coma? Gone in a coma. Yeah. (laughs) Also, after coma, the next entry is "Come Duns." Come Duns. What's "Come Duns"? Come Duns with me. Is that what I
2: think it is? I don't know. I'm
1: not sure. (laughs) Anyway, where did you meet Louise Hay on the page? Or did you ever meet her? Oh yeah,
2: when I was about thirteen. Like, I was really into that kind of stuff, like astrology and then, like, healing. Weird for a 13-year-old. Don't worry, I was also into drugs and being cool. (laughs) But, um, yeah, I went to a spiritualist church when I was little, around, like, Margate, Ramsgate. Does Dale not get to sit down? No. Oh, dear. That's a sad indictment of your relationship. (laughs) Come on, Dale. Sit yourself down on the end there. That's a producer. We'll let him sit down. He is a man against two women, but
1: we'll let him sit down. I feel terrible in all five-odd years of doing this. I have never, wow. ever offered producer dance. That's seat.
2: terrible. Dale, are you okay? Yes. Hang on, am Finally. I saying his name right? Dale. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I thought that, and then I thought you called him Dave, and I felt so embarrassed. But <laughs> 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 you could really trick someone, say so this is Dale, and then call them different names, and then see what the other person does.
1: I mean, I do sometimes call him Dave, but only when we're alone, <laughs> for private reasons. bedroom Dave. <laughs> <laughs>
2: kitchen dave yeah like i used to go to a spiritualist church did i say that in the book i don't know i can't remember what i said in the book but i used to get like hands-on healing by some sort of seven they they appear to be seventy, eighty, 80 but everyone does when you're young don't they and they do like hands-on healing it's weird for a 13 year old to go to a healing church isn't it so I wandered she, in by myself
1: did you then because that's so oh so i don't remember this being in your book but i was really like compelled by it and yeah. um reading very very quickly mm. and um Jeff Leopard, I remember yeah 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 Jeff Leopard. yeah I've got that right haven't you? it's not Dave yeah, yeah. Leopard. no 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 uh, <laughs> it's, it's Dale Leppard <laughs> yeah. But, yeah so what you just you liked the look of it and thought oh, what do good, you mean the performing try. the the spiritualist church oh
2: yeah yeah the the spiritualist just no I think I thought I needed healing from the inside I think I was quite lost and I thought well maybe that's well the phrase clutching at straws comes to mind <laughs> But I liked it as well, very relaxing to have, you know, a nice lady's hands of just above your head.
1: And I suppose, you know, they would say, and I'm not, you know, I'm certainly curious about that world. Mm. Um, you're led to it because yeah, yeah. where you need to be.
2: Yeah, because if you're going past, if you're 13 and you're going past a thing with a sign on the door saying Healing Church, well, I don't know, it takes, like... Yeah, I think it's funny on Instagram these days, they've always got things like, you were meant to see this. And I think they've pushed that too far. Like it's a bit, like people are just desperately looking for signs, aren't they? You were meant to see this. It's like, (laughs) what rugby position would you be (laughs) at? But it's not, it's always some spiritual thing of like,
1: you need to believe in yourself or whatever. Because I suppose we are always looking for answers yeah, and we have been for hundreds of thousands of years. And I think, you know, that's something... I think of a lot with books and things like because I love reading Mm. self-help and you know some of it I find really comforting and useful and some of it I think is just hilarious and ridiculous but it's existed for a lot longer than we realize yeah oh no I love those kind of books I feel like
2: why wouldn't you want to improve yourself in every way actually I don't improve myself intellectually enough but um yeah I've always been interested in I hate the phrase self-help books but I guess that's what they are you know like well, you could call, what could you call them? That's like a better a better branding. I'm sure yeah. that the Victorians
1: would have had a word for it. We will yeah. we'll think of something great. But meanwhile, can yeah. we talk about your book, which yeah. I think is a kind of self help book because I absolutely adored it, and it combines my two favourite things, which yeah. is I will happily read anything written by a comic, and I'm a huge fan oh. of your work. Oh. I also love any book that talks about um I want to say substance abuse is that yeah. fair I don't know how you want
2: to kind yeah, of just frame like having or... a lot I guess we've all lived I don't think my uh kind of I hate to say story my story in my words <laughs> I don't think my story is any different to anyone else's in a way like I think everyone you know has gone and done like d- dumb stuff and not dumb stuff and then <clears throat> yeah so i think and i just tried to add little pearls of wisdom that i've learned and then but make it funny as well so yeah but i think lots of people are identifying with it so i don't think it's yeah i don't think it's anything special but i really pulled my heart into the page but yeah as i said in the kitchen a lot of my family aren't talking to me so <laughs> mm. but
1: yeah but i think I just, it's, it I is it's
2: i hope it's worthwhile sales wise <laughs> <laughs> For me, to have no family left.
1: Listeners, you must rush out and make it worth please <laughs> Well, honestly, it is so good. And I think I just thought I'll have it read. And I kind of knew as well, because um, I was very lucky. And I think you sent it to me in like a PDF or not, yeah, possibly yeah, in a Microsoft yeah. Word document. Yeah. And I thought, well, get it on my Kindle and I'll start reading. And then I'll probably like eventually finish it on Audible. Because it's, you know, when it's that slightly... Yeah, you know, yeah, I know. Yeah. I'm going to be like one of those like old Victorian ladies who goes blind from lace making. Nah, <laughs> I'm, like, well, I'm probably formatted, but um, I, you know, it's such a cliché. So I couldn't put it down, but I couldn't. I was, and I think it's because of you know your voice, and it just yeah, it feels really, really generous. And I think there are so many readers who will think, oh God, that I felt that, and I've mm. had that emotion, mm. and I've been i've gone through this and mm. i've tried to block it out and you know we do all feel that bit more held i suppose and a bit a bit less ashamed of mm. especially you know those of us who are like raised and socialized as women are always yeah. bloody ashamed of something it's how they make money from us i
2: you know yeah men have got their own shames of course um dicks money whatever but um
1: <laughs> the big ones the two that big ones. would have been a and a good alternative title, yeah. Take some money, <laughs> which we should actually say the title um, because I will be yeah. mentioned before. But it's um, what's that lady doing? What's that lady Full doing? All starts and happy endings in the end, but um, yes, because when I heard about the book and about the happy endings, and yes. you said, you know, there are some happy endings, I thought, ah, oh, that's a good joke. She's yeah. doing a bit, but it's like no, really. But there are some. Happy endings.
2: There. there are. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, but you bought a book out, and I got the PDF of that. I am very lucky, and then I bought it on Audible because yeah it's brilliant I've still got one hour left um so good though I didn't listen to it for ages because I had deadlines and now I can't stop listening so anytime I'm like in the kitchen or in the bedroom yes I listen in the bedroom (laughs) that's where my Lexus are then I'm just so excited because I get to listen to more of it before I go out
1: oh thank you so much it races
2: along and it's got really good topics really good themes you know
1: Natalie Simpson, who reads it, is really, really She's amazing.
2: Yeah, she does an Australian
1: accent as well, which is really good. So I find it very hard to listen to things that I have written because I just want to kind of edit them. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that's when I was reading it for the audiobook,
2: I did have a couple of, I had like four or five changes where I was like, I've used the same word in the same paragraph or, you know, something like that that you're like, oh, this is ruining everything. But I dare say other people won't notice really, you know.
1: When you're sort of, when you're in the book, I've never done it. I've never ever been. Even when I've written non-fiction, I wasn't allowed to read the audio book. Why? I felt very sad about it. I'm, Hang on, what when you wrote biography about your life? Yeah, that's crazy. Someone, an actor, he sounds quite a lot like Nicole no, Lily. No, he was no, very good. No, no. In fact, you've got to put your foot down on that point. I almost feel like hiring Lily to live my life. I think she'd be slightly <laughs> better at it than I
2: am. <laughs> um, so, have you? Um,
1: Dale's enjoyed any, any other Kind
2: of lily being you <laughs> <laughs>
1: um dave and lily um are there any other books you've listened to on audio that you've really enjoyed or any audio books that you would love yeah. to narrate
2: yeah recently i listened to emma gannon um the success myth which was really good on audio and um, then apart from that it's a lot of you, let's have a look at my library, Ooh, shall
1: we? we can do that now that we're here. Let's, I love Emma. She is a friend and a friend uh, of the podcast. Is oh. she?
2: Yeah, brilliant. She's brilliant. Um, it was really interesting. I've been telling loads of comics to read it because they need to. Oh, The Champ and the Chump by, Nicholas, uh, by James McNicholas. Oh,
1: I don't know that. I don't yeah, know
2: he's that. a comedian and um, his granddad was like a famous boxer. So, and like really working class and he was put through private school. It's just the differences in their life. The War of Art that's an old classic The Power of Now which of course I've read before but you've got to dip back in is that Eckhart Tolle Mm. conversations with God A Course in Miracles Write for Life by Julia Cameron and then it's a lot of like screenwriting books oh stories I Might Regret Telling You by Martha Wainwright that was okay oh that was a funny one Pussy by Regina Thomas Hauer that's about
1: The Power of the Pussy (laughs) So there's that non-fiction. non-fiction? yeah. I sort of had a vague, like, I think I'd remember a book called Pussy, but maybe I do. But,
2: um, no, I had a line in it for an Edinburgh show. Um, I mean, the book is absolutely mad in a way. Some of the stuff she's saying, I'm thinking, I think you've gone a bit too far here.
1: <laughs> do you think it's sort of having to, like, you know, 90,000 words on the pussy and you're like I've, I've got to think of something yeah I do <laughs> I no but him. she
2: was quite she said what did she say about it she's like oh my god some of the stuff she said I was like I don't think you can put this in the book it's very unethical she said if you like someone if you've got feelings for someone and they don't like you I'm sure she honestly suggested and this is great get ready for something gross if any kids are listening to cover their ears Oh, I can't believe I'm saying this and bear in mind it's not my idea I'm actually anti it she's a put a toothbrush up your, and then um, leave your stuff on it for him and make him oh, fall in love with you or something. For them to brush
1: their teeth yes, with and something that will like that.
2: Be... Yeah, I'm sure she said that, and I thought that is deeply unethical. And then she also suggested, um, <laughs> don't use this as a Paul quote, <laughs> <laughs> putting a bit of your natural thing th- uh, behind your ears to empower you in the day. I'd like to say I'd never done that, thank you.
1: Oh, there was a book called Wetlands, I think, and I can't remember who wrote it. And I think it came out around the sort of 2000s-ish when I was um, a teenager. And I remember that being in the book and kind of scandalising people. And then it was on TikTok, a oh, year ago really? a two years ago and I was like well this is old news I mean, yeah. well, I've been doing it every day since yeah. I was a teenager <laughs> how do you think I got five book deals that's <laughs> no, you <laughs> like, you give me this book contract or I will take your toothbrush and I will shove oh, it up my it's just but too much that's is something isn't it about relationships and misunderstandings and manipulation and all the books that we think of and the novels we think as being like phenomenally romantic and then we go and look back and we're like oh no actually that is that someone oh, doing yeah, something yeah, yeah. that wasn't toothbrush related but is still yeah. somehow yeah. creepy and weird. Yeah, And I think all the time about um, in Normal People and I remember this really clearly on a TV show and I think it must, yeah, of course it must have been in the book but I don't remember it so vividly when Connor just wants to tell Marianne that he's in love with her and wants to be with her and the way it comes out is him saying so I'll move out and I'll not see you for the whole summer and like what are you doing But this is all the messages we get from books whether they're non-fiction or fiction are like that thing you want to do and that thing you want to say to a person do the opposite yeah
2: right what do you mean (laughs) (laughs) well so you I thought in popular culture we're always told that the man is going to like swoon and chase us and stuff
1: but so so I think we are told to you know allow ourselves to be chaste or like yeah. not like if you like someone for god's sake don't tell them uh, keep it a secret take it to the grave right yeah 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 i think you should like you should know if someone likes you
2: though i i like it's funny when i used to be quite obsessive about men um i've got a friend called georgie and she's such a good friend she's like one of my best friends and she'll always assume that the men are in love with me because she loves me so she she used to give me terrible advice we have, we laugh about it now like if someone doesn't like me she's like well he's obsessed with you darling you <laughs> don't take no for an answer <laughs>
1: She'd just be like, give me terrible advice. And I'd be like, no, I love don't take no for an answer. Like I'm already imagining Georgie in a pinstripe suit. Like make the love deal.
2: She's more sort of gold and sort of floral, but she wafts around. So again, he's obsessed.
1: <laughs>
2: but um, you have to not listen to that. But I think you have to sort of listen to what people are telling you. I think if they're saying I move out, it just be like... Yeah, go on. Because yeah, I've obviously got commitment issues.
1: I was wondering whether you read any memoirs, either kind of in preparation oh, yeah. for writing one, or if there are any memoirs that made you think I'd love to. Yeah, tell well,
2: I read, um, when I'd already got my book deal and was sort of halfway through, I read. Um, Deborah
1: Levy. So, oh, I had a oh, spooky feeling you God. might have been thinking Yeah, going to say Deborah Levy.
2: One of my favourite authors is Deborah Levy, and I've only just discovered her, so I'm, I haven't read, I've got some books still to read of hers um, but I've read all her well she did a trilogy biography didn't she like um, do you know the one I mean and uh, then
1: did she call them like the life
2: writing or the living biographers and there's I one called so. The Cost of Living The Cost of Living is my favourite one yeah I think that's number two but I accidentally started a number two because I didn't realise there were three and um, then I went back to her early life and then I finished it off you know with the last one
1: but oh my god it's brilliant she's so good she's such a good writer do you like her? I love her and yeah same I was late to the party and everyone saying you must read her you must read her and I thought well I know I like her and you know the joy and pain of doing this is I've always got 50 books to read and I'm always so behind yeah um, and I read Hot Milk which that's I what I've got to read Yeah. loved and it wasn't what I was expecting and it sort of pulled me in then it got much darker and weirder than I thought it was going to go. And I loved the idea of reading The Cost of Living. Partly I think because I'm so curious about how she am I right in thinking she wrote a book. It was fairly well received and I think she's maybe married to a playwright oh, and yeah, got divorced. She was, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then became sort of phenomenally successful in her fifties. Yeah. That is I, the stories I love. But then
2: she doesn't think she's successful enough. So when you read her book, you're sort of thinking, well she bought an apartment in Paris, but she'd always dreamed of um because Real Estate, I think, is the last one. And she's sort of, you know, dreaming of having, you know, property with a garden or land, you know, and and seeing where she's going to sort of lay down her roots. So I, I couldn't really tell how successful she was, you know, I don't know. But she, the joy of small things and the way she describes things and the way she sort of supports young women and, I don't know. And, and the second book, The Cost of Living one, was a little bit about how women sort of get overlooked overlooked, but in the industry in the way that men don't and then, you know all the domestic labour that she did in her marriage and yeah, basically, do you want to be an artist or do you mm. want to be, it's hard to
1: have both But then, and I feel like a really bad feminist because the bits I remember about that book and I loved her I think, cause she's got like a little like, wagon she has on a bike or something and she's always having people over for dinner and it's like yeah, roast chicken, yeah, and some yeah. gorgeous, jewelry, rackety, divorced, bohemian yeah. yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, so then she's sort of finding piecing herself together and you know, finding the joy in life. She talks about swimming away from the boat and the boats of her marriage and stuff. Mm. Oh, it's amazing. I love the start of it where she talks about this young woman talking to um, a man on the beach and the man's of her age, and she's just had this experience where she felt she was going to nearly die on a boat. And I think this is true. And then the man's speaking to her and she's saying, well, these people didn't wait for me. And, you know, telling a story... And he's like, "Oh, you talk a lot, don't you?" And he wants to tell his story, and she, he wants her to be an audience. And she's come with her own story. And he's like, "No, no, no, you'll be a player in mine, not not the main event in yours." You know what I mean? The way she describes how that plays out, I thought, it was, you know, brilliant.
1: And it's really perceptive, isn't it? And mm. you know, I think, you know, everyone, every woman who reads it, like, you know, it's sort of, it, your gut twists because you're like, yeah. I have been in some version of that, and Yeah. I've, I've made myself smaller because I felt that I would do better as an audience member and yeah, not the yeah. main character.
2: And I love, and we can all play parts in each other's stories, but he just was, wanted to shut this mm. young girl down she's just had a big experience where, I don't know, but and I love the way that she loves seeing her daughter's friends and cooking for her daughter's friends. And yeah, I don't know, I thought it was beautiful.
0: Are you ready to enhance your future in tech? you. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. Only at Sleep Number Stores or SleepNumber.com.
1: We'll be back with Lou soon, but now it's time for my Steal of the Week. I've chosen Factory Girls by Michelle Gollin. The story of Maeve and her two best friends working in a shirt factory in Northern Ireland while they wait for their A-levels. This is filthy, furiously funny and gorgeously written. A vicious, visceral and moving story about class, ambition and teenage dreaming. I loved it so much, and I think you will too. Factory Girls by Michelle gollan is published by John Murray and out now. Now back to Lou. Um, so Nina's Um, I don't know if you have come across Nina. She wrote, Love Nina was her no big no. book and she's oh. written novels as well she's really really funny yeah she's got a book coming out in november it's called went to london took the dog i think or gone mm, to london that's took a good the title dog. yeah um and it is about how it's her diaries of the year where she decided in her 60s that she was going to leave her marriage or have like a sabbatical from her marriage leave cornwall live in london um she lives in um the writer deborah mogok's spare room in of Hampstead-ish and it's very it's like one of those old-fashioned kind of literary novels but set here and now but what's so lovely is that Nina has this amazing friendship with her growing up Mm. kids who are these characters in the story and they're just so funny and so great and Nina's so welcoming of them and of their friends and their lives and it's a woman in her early 60s being curious about kind of youth and love and how people are living there's um I shouldn't reveal too many book spoilers, but it made me laugh so much. There's one, just a one-day entry where she's with um, Alf, her son, who's in her 20s, and they bump into his old statistics teacher, and Alf says, what are the chances?
2: Oh, that's nice. Yeah, <laughs> that was a yeah. Joke.
1: Lovely. So, um,
2: do, is that real, then? That's a the real thing? She's. It's all true? It's all wow. well. Well, it's all yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah, as much as um, any of our free. books are true. I think so there is one person who comes up a lot in the book and yeah. i believe this might be like a composite character although another mutual friend who's read the book says no she's definitely real oh, but i'm like okay. i'm in the book meeting this composite character at a oh, party like, i have okay. no memory of this oh really? so, yeah oh, I see. and i something. you know it's not like i was still drinking then but i do remember everyone else i met at the party so oh,
2: okay interesting yeah i think
1: it's got that sort of deborah levy
2: so I've never heard anyone taking a sabbatical from their marriage. I find that fascinating.
1: There is another book, uh, The Break by Marion Keyes, which mm, love I loved to have Keys. You read much.
2: Yeah. Marian? I have, but I've forgotten yeah, ages ago. But I love Marion Keyes. I did Sunday brunch with her once and she's so nice. Oh, amazing. Yeah, she's so nice.
1: I Absolutely. I need to pick and, and
2: Keys* up again, actually.
1: Well, I mm. recommend The Break, which I think might be, other than like the Walsh Girls ones, one of my favourites. Because I love the main character, Amy, so much. And Amy's married to Hugh. Hugh's also really fit in the book. I really, mm. really fancied the idea of him. Yeah. But he goes to Amy one day and says, Baby, I love you, but I need a year out. I'm losing my mind and he's becoming increasingly kind of removed and remote and his father's died and I think maybe his brother there was another close friend died and he's really he doesn't know how to grieve and he's, and they're not really in touch anymore and he's like I want to come back to you but I need a year out I need to go away and Amy is horrified
2: yeah because it's not devastated. the story we're told
1: a lot but and yeah and thinks you know clearly you're not coming back why yeah. would you how could you clearly this is it and it's about how they navigate that, but it's told with lots of flashbacks. Because what I think she does so well is like the unreliable narrator. And you think, oh, Amy has been wronged. And then you learn more about the sort of the other things that have been happening in the run-up to this. And obviously it has a happy ending. But again, she writes... Kids, teenagers, yeah. so well. Wow, they're really, really. Oh, well I can't wait to read that. Oh, Luke, I just, I've I got to dead- fly like, through it as well. The thing proper... is, I
2: can't read for a bit. I can. Oh, it's hard, isn't it, to fit everything in? But I'm gonna start reading again soon. I go through massive like surges when I've got deadlines on. I'm like, I can't do anything, and then yeah. Anyway, it'll be fine.
1: And then say, Are you allowed to talk about your deadlines or is it
2: secret? No, no, secret no it's boring, project? boring, boring. Um, but yeah, I love going on holiday and taking books and then you read five and then I won't read any for, you know, two months or something. But yeah.
1: So, I mean, um, this is something I feel quite evangelical about and it's the book I'm working on at the moment where I sort of want to argue that. I always just feel so much better for reading. Really? And I think even if you just do 10 minutes a morning, yeah. it sort of sets you up for the day and it stops me being on my it's phone. It's really and... hard when
2: you've got uh, stand-up exercise, meditation, like all this stuff to do. I don't know. I'm going to a silent retreat soon for four days, but you can't read them when you're there.
1: Oh, I've always wanted to go to a silent yeah. retreat. Have you been before? Never, know. No. Oh, wow. And did you... A well, wasted did you opportunity
2: always... just sitting around, not being able to read. <laughs> absolutely livid with myself for making that but then
1: um oh Julia Cameron does that doesn't she she talks about having a reading fast which I've never done I've never ever done the artist's way I have filled my copy with post-its yeah I've got sort of to like the second week Mm. um I've had a couple of very bad artist dates, and I'd be like, "Screw this!" Yeah,
2: same, same, same. The artist date. Oh my god, there's so much time.
1: <laughs> You've got to hang with yourself. Oh my god. I try. I went to the Turner. Yeah. Um, and I felt very kind of like, "Oh, I'm a bad person because I'm not moved by the art, and I just want to fiddle with my phone." And I think I was waiting for. Something or someone, yeah, I twitchy. Seventh booktale, <laughs> yes, come on, the toothbrushes. Oh no. Um, but yeah, I just was very twitchy and unfocused, and it's completely you know, in neither my head nor my body. And the mm. second time, I thought, I'm just going to do whatever the hell I want, and what I want to do is I want to take myself to Canterbury, I want to go to Wagamama, and I want to have lunch in the Wagamama on my own, and all 10 things, yeah. and. Look at the Chazas, play with the perfumes in Phoenix. That's a good day out. And then I was recording a podcast and it was supposed to be in the morning and it got rescheduled and the only other time that person could do was that afternoon. Uh. I have never forgiven them. I oh, won't say who they are. It's good to have some burning resentment. Yes, <laughs> yes, really, yes. Fueled by that resentment and like, all oh, the dumplings and noodles, I've never eaten and it's well, that person's fault. In,
2: you want to marry Anna Keys and then see their side of the story, you know? Do you know what I mean? Yes, and I would probably find out yeah. that they
1: had some really like serious and devastating reasons yeah, exactly. Reason for the time exactly. No, also awesome.
2: you can put your boundaries down and say no I'm going to Fennex to smell the perfume but I guess you, you know in, the, in your heart
1: of hearts you think that can wait yeah <laughs> I think that's it I was but yeah maybe I should do this that's it. so I'm having a week off morning pages because do you I, do them every day anyway I try to that's yeah that's amazing well I do I feel like they were just making things worse oh really oh my god <laughs> I was so it was like um you know the golden cleric acceptance speech I know problematic father Ted but I did love it so before yeah, you know. yeah, yeah. um but yes yeah, so it's sort of like three pages of Bitter, grumpy complaints. Oh, well, yeah. I should really. I think I need to become more positive. Well, no, but it gets it out. That's the
2: thing. Imagine how much worse you'd be if you didn't get out. But oh, then fine. I do flip it into gratitude. So I have a lot of that, depending on how I'm feeling, and get it out on the page, and then I flip it to gratitude. So the last sort of 10 sentences. <laughs> <I know>. Great, <Gratitude's laughs> half and the half. Third page. It's like, I'll have a little bitch to the page. And then I'll be like, here's all the things I'm grateful for. And then it leaves you feeling up a bit, you know. I think that's a very smart way to do it. I thought I'll give myself a week and then fresh start. Yeah, see how you feel. It's all an experiment. That's just the Luli Sanders way. Okay, so. (laughs) This is your next book? See ya. See ya. The Luli way. (laughs) Imagine. Take my money. It's one page long. (laughs) (laughs) Who did that seagull behind you? Because it's really nice. I know it's not podcast. But that is an artist
1: called Megan Metcalf. I love it. I love Megan Metcalf and her work, so well, I'm really chat, happy to chats. give her a yeah, plug. But yeah, we chat. won that in the, in the Pride raffle. That's um, a
2: really good win. Wow, Seagull's so one of my spirit animals,
1: no big deal. I oh really, one of? One I'll of just, many. I'll, I'll leave that hanging there. <laughs> <laughs> yes,
2: yes, Seagull and a Fox in the end.
1: Uh, so we um, recorded a podcast with um, GBC Pierre, who wrote that book, Vernon Little. Um,
2: oh, I love that book.
1: Ah, yeah. cool. So, his new book. Oh, wow. And here we go. So, copy. this is um, Pierre's book, Big Snake, Little Snake, and Inquiry into Risk. And what it is about is the yeah. difference between countries where they're quite gaudy and I guess countries that are more into kind of the randomness of fate and chance and luck. Mm. And he talks about how it begins with him seeing mm. he opens the door and he sees a snake unexpectedly i think he's living in mexico at the mm, time that makes sense. <laughs> and then the mexican lottery i believe rather than choosing numbers you do choose animals and he it's a sign i'm going to put my money on the snake yeah um and it pays off snake wins big and he goes off on a trip it's sort of pursuing luck and chance and signs and Is so he's a true story yeah wow i, I mean, love it. i i gosh i mean the funny thing about pierre he's great I mean, I suspect the weirdest things he tells are the true ones, but yeah. he is—he does have a real eye for a, yeah. a story.
2: I love that. That looked like it was printed on the shark. So when he said oh. he drew you a shark, that, that's great.
1: He said, I will draw you a magic animal if you come and buy. Everyone gets their own magic animal. So great.
2: that is your next good. signing. Yeah, I'll do, I'll do my own thing. But um, yeah, I'll think of something similar. I don't want to rip him off, but yeah
1: well I'm sure and also because a lucky letter <laughs> so, he spent so a well. lot of time in Australia and Mexico he yeah. spent a lot of time in the um, sorry, my brother, the Margate, yeah. Thanet, Broadstairs area, mm. lucky animal range is going to be very different
2: for the listeners, shall we just describe what happened there So Davy he punched her husband in the in, the, in, the, in the bits <laughs> I think it's worth mentioning isn't it, and that he stood well, up he, no. he, he stood up again <laughs> oh had allowed,
1: allowed to, to sit down, down isn't he? I wouldn't
2: have he's allowed to sit down isn't he let the man yes. sit down <laughs> again
1: so a thing I always ask people is about like reading when you were a kid were there any books you remember like loving or hating or no I wasn't a massive reader
2: actually I don't think um yeah I only found reading quite late in life actually it's good stuff you know I hate that everyone's got a diagnosis nowadays, you know, because I just think everyone's got pros and cons to their personality. But I suspect, and I will never do a test, I suspect I'm severely ADHD (laughs) (laughs) because I cannot sit still for, you know. So I think that probably impacted not wanting to sit down with a book, you know.
1: And I think it's so interesting that now, in a way, I think it's really, really great that, you know, in theory we acknowledge like there are so many yeah. ways of learning and yeah and I've always thought you know books like wait for us my sister Maddie like, loves reading now she did English literature at university and she's like no I hate it like yeah. when she told everyone she was doing English we all thought she was taking the piss yeah
2: yeah I wonder why she did it then
1: I don't think it helped her love of literature mm. but it has yeah. sort of come to her now Yeah,
2: I guess when you're told to do something like so my mum and stepdad really sort of valued reading. So I guess I went the other way. But then when you're older and you can decide, do you know what I heard once, which I think is brilliant? Like this kid, um, the kid's parents said, if you're naughty, we're going to take your books away. Oh, It's really good, isn't it? So then they they learnt to sort of value that. So it could backfire, but it's not a bad idea to try, isn't it?
1: Well, that's what, when you know, I, my reading really got going when I was just very, very into filth. And I still am into ah, filth. But yeah, yeah, even... Um, Jilly Cooper um yeah. now you sort of you do go back and you know and what the thing that's most disappointing for me about adult life is people so rarely make puns during sex which
2: right. all Jilly
1: Cooper characters yeah, do yeah yeah
2: yeah yeah that is weird isn't it but I think I'd be a bit disheartened if someone made a pun I think I think your mind's not really here <laughs> <laughs> You, yeah, I've heard of laughing someone into bed but not laughing someone In bed, you know, I think, I don't know. That's a pun. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) Don't get too aroused. (laughs) I mean, I have made jokes in the arena, but...
1: But I suppose perhaps it is because, you know, when I was, uh, you know, young and confused, it was sex education that wasn't technical or shame-based. And it was like, it's nothing to be scared of. It's jokes a go-go.
2: Yeah. Have you got some good original books in there?
1: So we are looking at our old... um, Producer Dale and I have a ludicrous piece of furniture which we think is a department store shop counter which was possibly used to display ladies gloves and Ooh. scarves in the 1950s and it is full of um, P.G. Woodhouse books beloved of Producer Dale.
2: And oh you both like books that's gonna work that's gonna <laughs> it does work. help with this book that's it lovely bit do you read to each other sometimes
1: i have been trying to campaign for this for yeah. some time and he's having none of it although right. i believe um we had jenny eclair on and she said it in other jenny interviews Clare. so yeah. um, i know it's true that her and her partner i think listen to audio books at night which i think is just lovely yeah that's and nice. my dream is that we um do that, and we stop read it, watching um, the same episode of Family Guy that we've seen twenty-seven times, yeah. and listen to Middle March. But
2: he seems yeah, he seems on board.
1: I think it's me. <laughs> I think I'm the problem. There's <laughs> <laughs> never fancy Middle March at ten o'clock at night, like bright, soothing doesn't, colours. That's
2: the. Pro- I think I've hit on something. It doesn't have to be Middle March. The other audio books exist, maybe.
1: Are there any books that you would? i think i'd love to like adapt or oh read that's, the a of, or... that's a good question
2: that's a good question
1: well do you know one of my favorite
2: books is called was called don't hold your head down have you read it no oh my god it is great so it's by the journalist that started the no more pay Free campaign and managed to get um tits out the papers
1: oh is that lucy holmes
2: yeah yeah and it's absolutely brilliant it is it it's a manifesto I think for everyone like for I think they should give it to people in schools like 15, 16 year olds because it's all about like not like knowing your body getting in touch with your body not tolerating stuff that doesn't feel right learning about your boundaries learning about other people's boundaries and respect but it's really funny as well oh my god I love that book and my friend Jessica Nappet actually got to adapt that for TV and then they didn't want it in the end but um yeah so I thought that book was great what would I like to adapt I don't know. I love
1: the idea of taking something that isn't necessarily fiction and kind of finding a story to put on the screen within it a bit like um with everything I know about love that yeah it's a I love that the, the book and the TV show are sort of kind of separate entities
2: yeah I mean I'd like to make my book into a film
1: or tv show obviously um be great and would you play you or would you cast you through the ages i will play young me but no no, I'll
2: play I'll play old me or now me I did take a bit of my childhood and write a script it hasn't really gone anywhere but a script sort of based on that and then more fictionalized um about me going to live with my dad when I was eight which I didn't do but how like I go and help him sort of wheeling and dealing and stuff and um I really like that but I didn't get picked up actually but oh, that's such a great idea I want to see that I can't think of a book that you can't say your own answer can you I'm just trying to think of a book the thing is I read oh. stuff and forget but I think Don't Hold Your Head Down was a great opportunity miss.
1: Dads and Wheeling and Dealing um, books I'd recommend on that yeah, theme. Yeah, Because it it's yeah. a genre. Have you come across uh, Mickey Berenje, who was in that band Lush? She has written a memoir called Fingers Crossed, and it's oh, great. Yeah. And what's sort of mad about it and amazing is the most sort of gripping and, like, shocking bits of the book. Like, her becoming a pop star is almost boring. Oh, Not boring wow. at all, but okay, yeah. what her family are so just fascinating incredible and her father was sort of descended from like hungarian nobility or royalty and her mother was i think also japanese aristocrat and movie star so she spent her summers with her mother in hollywood driving around a massive cadillac and like fabulous 70s sort of Shagpile playboy mansion surroundings and then with her dad he was sort of living in a kind of Squash off the Holloway Road, and it was awful because wow. she was horribly abused by her grandmother. But these people, because of sort of being born into nobility, no one who was looking after her had any idea how to look after themselves because wow. they just had servants the whole yeah. time. And there's this amazing story where they go on this road trip back to Hungary, I think, to kind of see like the old family palace, but to fund the trip, her dad has bought all manner of like plastic tat from the Holloway Road. And she has to kind of go out and like Italian piazzas oh and things and sort God. of sell them when she's like nine or ten, to just passes by. Um other book is a novel by Nell Frizzell, who's a friend, and I think he's wonderful, and it's called Square One, and it's about a heroine who and it's so far so kind of mid-twenties, dumped, fired, life gone to shit, moved back home. But she <laughs> has to move back home with her dad, mm. who is in his early 60s and dating and his grown-up daughter is kind of cramping oh, that's his great. style. That's but it's, great, yeah. I would love to see that on TV, I think. Do
2: you know what I'd like? I've just remembered great. too, um, Such a Fun Age. I think that'd be a great film. Yes. That'd be such They've
1: a good film. have got to be adapting that, right?
2: It's such a good book and it would be perfect for a film. All the sort of stuff that's sort of, you know, they're saying one thing but feeling another. Mm. And oh, yeah, I love that. And then what's the other? Oh, Why Be Happy When You Can Be Normal. That would be a bit of a bleak film but be really good i think
1: is that her memoir
2: it's one of them i think she wrote um i think she wrote one but she wasn't that honest because someone was still alive Mm. and then when her mum died she wrote a really really honest one and i think it's better oh i don't i think i've got
1: a copy of that and i've never read it but maybe i will read it's sort of
2: it's uplifting and miserable at the same time because she really went through the ringer and her mum was insane but then the fact that she taught herself a different way to be is really inspiring and she came out as gay and her mum hated it and yeah, as queer and yeah, her mum was very religious and oppressive and yeah. But you know, you sort of think, well it's probably not her fault, but
1: yeah, thank God she sort of the cycle stopped with her, so it was really good. So I remember I think Jeanette Winston was in the news quite recently because she burnt her own books. Oh, yeah. Was that, Jeanette Winston.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone was everyone yeah. needs to calm down. I mean <laughs> grow up. Like everyone was attacking her. It's like God, it's just a little fun stunt. Don't worry about it, you know?
1: I mean, I guess it's come to something where you get cancelled for burning your own books. Yeah, I mean, chill out. It's difficult, isn't it? Because I do think that, on the one hand, there is so much snobbery around, like, what we read and how we feel about it. And... And also, but she's a
2: everyone. Why is everyone offended all the time? Like, get back in your house. Stop <laughs> like looking to be offended. If it, it, there's always something to offend you, how about you just think everyone's living a different life? I don't know. Also,
1: if you see like the childhood she had, I'm surprised she's not setting houses on fire. I think that's yeah. The other thing as well that someone who is grand as she is, and she has been you know writing books, and you know for she's a internationally. Recognized mm. and celebrated author, and if she can't have a conversation with publishers, her publishers about how she is kind of being packaged and sold, and if she yeah. feels like belittled by that, then you know someone somewhere is fucked up. There's yeah, a, like, that is the problem.
2: Let her burn her
1: books. Have a laugh. I suppose it's been, you know kind of. I think of the books I love, and again, it's that you know, do you read Middlemarch or do you read, you know, what you love and. You know, I do think there are people who would just love reading, but they don't do it because they feel there are books that they feel like they should read, they don't want to read, and there are the books they want to read that they're kind of afraid to be I think caught reading.
2: Everyone just be responsible for yourself. Like, don't worry what everyone else is doing. Like, you know, if I like the colour pink and everyone tells me pink is anti feminist and you shouldn't be wearing pink, it's like, oh, I'll wear pink. It makes me feel nice. Don't, like, you can't be upset by something someone else is doing if just work on like solidifying yourself so you're not shaken around by someone else's
1: choices you know I feel like Louise Hay is very good on this. We've come full circle
2: yeah 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 shame she's dead but she did last quite a long time and she had cancer or something so she was really embarrassed I think because she'd been in the alternative world for Mm -hmm. so long and healing and she had a terrible upbringing and then she healed herself with all this stuff and then she did get cancer and she's like oh I couldn't tell anyone for ages because I thought maybe they'll think this stuff doesn't work and then she got better and
1: she was fine But I do think it's such a fascinating area about that kind of the brain body link and Mm. you know god I can only imagine what it's like to have cancer at all but to have it knowing that you can't you know talk about it because you feel
2: you know that that body keeps the score but yes I was just gonna that that was apparently that when it came out didn't do very well Mm. at all and it was like 20 30 years on that it did
1: really well I don't know if that's true um, Did you read that amazing piece about it in New York Mag quite no. recently? And it was just about sort of that guy being, I think, quite controversial. Ah. And so many of his methods, like I think um, EMDR yes. is sort I think he, his work, Bessel von, the, well, the man who wrote, The Body Keeps yeah. the Score, which yeah. I'll put in the show notes. Um, I think that a lot of his work kind of possibly, maybe led to the evolution oh of wow that.
2: wow um, but if people aren't ready for it it's so depressing like van Gogh you know didn't sell a painting at his time famously and you know it's just so sad someone's like trying to help the society like hey guys look at this like your body and brain are linked and everyone's so angry about taking on change or like changing the system or whatever how dare you because they want to give over their health to a medical profession or I don't know they're like this could be dangerous to listen to this guy. And it's like, no, it, you, you're taking responsibility for your health. I don't know. People now, even now, get annoyed if you dare to suggest there's another way. And it's not to say medicine's not great, but it can go side, and side by side along with something else.
1: I think that's it, in that everyone is individual. Like, mm-hmm. you have no idea just what is going to work for you or isn't <laughs> like we're mm-hmm. becoming a very different podcast. <laughs> um, yeah, but I think, you know, books, books. <laughs> always... Fascinating and it's always great to keep an open mind. Like the <laughs> books I love. Books, books, books by Am Antifax. Um, okay. <laughs> joking, I'm joking. But um one of my favourite books is uh The Pursuit of Love by Nancy Mitford. And there's a character in that book called Davy. I don't know if you no, know it. I haven't um, it, but even it's on Kelly a little while ago. But he's sort of obsessed with his health and he's always on very specific diets and it's like either milk is all he can have and it's all you (laughs) need or milk is like total poison the next day and his sort of his fascination with how to be healthy and changing your mind all the time Mm. and realizing there's nothing new we've always had questions and we've always tried to kind of to live better and Mm. these things sort of come back around um listeners who have read your book and yeah. loved your book and there'll be listeners out there who are about to read your book and love your book is there anything that you'd sort of recommend you know reading next or even you know what um, do you listen to next oh
2: deborah levy if you haven't um i'm trying to read sort of female authors really what else well that one i just said about um oh the lucy Anne holmes one yeah read that oh my god read that and then um, i'm gonna read that it sounds great ages of no, Ages of Feelings, a play I saw. Bloody hell. Such a fun age. Such a fun age. <laughs> Such, a fun age. <laughs> Such a fun age. Yeah. Um, but your listeners will know more about books than me.
1: Oh, I don't know. And I think what's so lovely is every time I do this, like you haven't named so many books where I'm like, I don't know that, but mm. I want to. I'm getting we in there. We all know I'm different books, it. I suppose. That's the and thing. Yeah, That's, you know, I think that's really exciting and that's why i do this so because i want to know all the books i won't rest until i've completed books Uh uh-oh that's gonna take a
2: a while that's what my little brother asked when he was young once mom would i ever be able to read all of the books nah i find that really comforting yeah don't even don't even try my don't even try my advice is don't even bother reading
1: (laughs) i mean occasionally when i have my annual reread of rachel's holiday which i love i'm like i should possibly make some time to read a new Mm. book like but i love this book and it's a little bit different every time huge thanks to lou what is that lady doing is published by blink and out now the audio is a treat or come to the margate bookie and she'll sign your copy your Booked is produced by dale shaw for new alaska and created by dale shaw and me daisy buchanan to see all the books Lee mentioned go to acast.com slash booked and you can shop a selection on our page at bookshop.org find us and follow us on social media at why booked and if you're feeling especially generous we would hugely appreciate a five-star review as well as helping us you could be helping a brand new listener to find their new favorite book Finally, I leave you with this from Maeve Finchie. I don't have ugly ducklings turning into swans in my stories. I have ugly ducklings turning into confident ducks. See you next time.